News alert, it's December 8th. Are you ready? Because Christmas is coming. And if you aren't ready or you aren't close at all, that just irritated you to death, didn't it? <laughs> oh, you're going to hear it a lot more. It might not just be from me, but a lot of folks, yeah, what is it that gets you ready? Is it the singing? We started off a little bit with that this morning. Singing Christmas songs. People will sing Christmas songs that don't sing any other time of year. But they'll sing at Christmas. That person's sitting up there in the cheap seats. I'm not pointing into anybody particular. Uh, I got to watch what I do with my finger because I'm going to hit somebody. If I it, they'll sing at Christmas. They won't sing any other time, but they'll sing at Christmas. Some, for some folks, it's the singing. What is it for you? What gets you ready? My wife starts baking this time of year more than any other time of year. And the smell, she's good. She's a real good cook. And it's the smells this time of year. Is that what gets you ready? Everywhere you go, it seems like somebody's baking up something to give to somebody else. It might be the giving. That's part of People start giving long before Christmas Day. What gets you ready? Is it the giving? The smells? I remember when I was a kid, my fa- it was the first year that my father brought home an artificial tree. Uh, a tree in a box. We'd had a live tree up until that point, and he brought a, a tree in a box. And my sister, who tends to be prone toward the dramatic, just a hair, she said, you've ruined Christmas. That thing doesn't even smell like a real Christmas tree. But who knew that Christmas had a smell? Well, it did for my sister. Or it might not just be the smell of the Christmas tree. It might be the going out to get it. That was one of the things I always enjoy with my children. You go out and you find a tree and you say, kids, come on around here. Look at it. See if there are any holes in it. I'm going to spin it around. How's this one look? And then you put it over in the corner and you say, well, we'll be back. See if there's one, one better. And then somebody starts coming toward that tree. And that tree becomes your tree. You're not getting my tree. And you go over and you get the tree. Maybe it's, it's the looking for the tree, the perfect tree. Or maybe it's that blood sport we call shopping. Is that what gets you ready? This time, and doing it by Amazon online, that's not shopping. That's just pointing and clicking. Getting out there and mixing it up with the crowds, is that what gets you ready? Yeah, people who never knew their, horn had a, their car had a horn discover it this time of year. Yeah, and they, they say Christmas things to you. I can, I, just yesterday, I saw somebody inside their car saying, peace on earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're ready for Christmas, I can tell. And it was about that far from goodwill towards men. You know, (laughs) people are out there and they're getting ready. What is it that gets you ready? Well, I'll tell you what Matthew does. In the first book of the New Testament, in his first chapter, in his first words... He reads a genealogy to get you and me ready. He, leads, he reads a cast of characters. Now, some are major characters, some are minor characters, but none of them are insignificant characters. But if that's what Matthew does to get you and me ready for the coming of Christ, well, I guess I better read them too. This is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And now starts the cast. 
To Abraham was born Isaac, to Isaac Jacob, and to Jacob Judah and his brothers. And to Judah were born Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And to Perez was born Hezron, and to Hezron Ram, and to Ram was born Aminadab, and to Aminadab Nashon, and to Nashon Salmon, and to Salmon was born Boaz by Rahab, and to Boaz was born Obed by Ruth, and to Obed Jesse, and Jesse was born David the king. Are you ready yet? Did that get you ready? Get you right on edge. I can tell. I can tell. I can feel it from you. And to David was born Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. And to Solomon was born Rehoboam. And to Rehoboam, Abijah. And to Abijah, Asa. And to Asa was born Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, Joram. And Joram, Uzziah. And Uzziah was born Jotham. And to Jotham, Ahaz. And to Ahaz, Hezekiah. And to Hezekiah was born Manasseh. And to Manasseh, Amon. And to Amon, Josiah. And to Josiah were born Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, to Jeconiah was born Shealtiel. And to Shealtiel's Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel was born Abayud, and to Abayud, Eliakim, and Eliakim, Azor, and to Azor was born Zadok, and Zadok, Akim, and to Akim, Eliud, and to Eliud was born Eleazar, and Eleazar, Matan, and to Matan, Jacob, and to Jacob was born Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Are you ready yet? <laughs> it's possible I practiced that before I did it this time. <laughs> Just possible. It's, it's, did that get you ready? When I said Zerubbabel, did your heart just skip a little beat right there? And, you know, that Eliakim and Eleazar, did it give you goosebumps and get you all, I'm ready for Christmas now. Break open the gifts. Yeah. But it doesn't stop right there. Verse 17. This is what verse 17 says. And there's a really important word, Therefore. Wherever the Bible says therefore, you have to ask the question, what's therefore, therefore? The therefore points to all the things that have just been said. So that, he's going to say one more thing. And all those names, the list of characters, major, minor, none insignificant, 42 names I read to you just then. Those 40, and I know that it sounded like the teacher on Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, wah, 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 wah. It's, it, we <laughs> I think it's funny too. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we, we have all these names. These names right here, it just sounds to us like noise. But that's not what it is. All that was read to get us ready for Christmas. And to say, therefore, Therefore, all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the time of Christ, 14 generations. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Matthew is a great storyteller, and he does what every storyteller does. They give you the, the setting. They give you the characters. And now he's given you and me the plot. And he, you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. It's, it's, it's Jesus' rescue operation. 
that he starts right here at the beginning of chapter 1, and he goes for the next 28 chapters. And Matthew's setting you and me up for the coming of, of, of Jesus Christ right here so we won't miss it. So we won't miss it. So we'll be ready. But even as I, I look at this and I see, well, here's the plot right here. For it is he who shall save his people from their sins. There's another part of me that just has to go ahead and scratch my head. That I don't understand it at all. We just read 42 names that are the family tree, that are the bloodline. And it starts with Abraham, who's known as a friend of God or father of the faith. And, and we go all the way down through, all the way. Then, and then he says, but that family tree, you can erase all that because he was born of the Holy Spirit. I mean, why did we read it? Why did we go through Why did we waste our breath on 42 names? If you go, well, we'll erase that. And okay, and he was born by the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? Well, I had to dig around a little bit to figure that out. Here is the family tree, and, and Matthew wants to know that it starts with Abraham, friend of God, the father of the faith. Abraham, if ever you wanted a, a root that was strong and solid, Abraham's it. He walked with God. He traveled from the land of, of the Chaldeans to a place where he'd never been before, and he walked with God along that way. Now, there's a root. There's a root to a family tree that, that you and I want to be a part of. But he doesn't stop right there. He says, and to, to Abraham was born Isaac and to Isaac, Jacob. Now, hold the phone just a little bit. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob was no, known as a, a liar and a deceit. He was an incredibly calculating person. He stole his birthright and blessing from his brother Esau. That he was hanging around the house knowing that pretty soon was going to be the time that his father was going to give that blessing. And so when his father said, Esau, is that you? Jacob answered. He says, it's me, daddy. Well, that sounds like Jacob. Come a little closer where I can put my hand on you. Well, he was ready for it. You see, that, that Esau had hairy arms, but Jacob didn't. So what he did was he got an animal skin and he wrapped it around his arm. So when he got close to his daddy, his daddy would reach out and touch his arm and go, well, you know, it sounded like Jacob, but I guess it is Esau. feels like Esau. Come a little closer so I can kiss you. Well, he thought of that too. He was just that conniving that he thought if he got close enough to kiss him, he'd be able to smell him. So he put on some of his brother's clothes. And well, it smells like he saw. Feels like he saw. He didn't have eyesight. He was so old, he couldn't tell whether it was Esau or not. But he said, okay. And then he gave him his brother's blessing. He gave him his brother's birthright. All the things that were to go to his brother, instead, they went to Jacob conniving and deceitful. And you know what his brother got? Bupkus. Zero. Nothing. Nada. Cold is what that is. But it doesn't just stop right there. 
It says, and to, to Judah was born Perez by Zerah by Tamar. There's a woman. There's a woman right here in the family tree. And not just one, there are three of them. Well, that's not how the bloodline goes. So Matthew's trying to tell us something different than this is Jesus' bloodline. There's Tamar, there's Rahab, and there's Ruth. Now, you don't hear many preachers telling stories about Tamar. And there's a reason why. is because they'd all be X-rated stories. And that's just hard to do from up here. That's all, that's all there is to it. But then Tamar, it says, and to Perez, Zerah by Tamar, and to Perez was born Hezron, and Hezron, Ram, and Ram, and Minadab, and Minadab, Nashon. And then it goes on down to Rahab. Rahab was a harlot. And that's as delicately as I can put that, and we'll move on from there. And then it says, but Ruth. Now, Ruth, that's way different. Ruth is exactly the kind of limb that you and I want on our family tree. Ruth was a sterling, sterling character. She was known for her faithfulness. She was known for her love. She was known for her loyalty and devotion. Now, that's the kind of limb you want on your family tree. But it's not all strong limbs like, like Ruth. There's some limbs on here that are broken. And some are strong. But then it goes on through, and it says... And to Ruth, Obed, and Jesse. And to Jesse was born David the king. Now, David, there's a character. There's a major character. There's a character that even the youngest child in here knows about David and Goliath. That David did what all the armies of Israel couldn't do. A shepherd boy, armed only with five smooth stones and the Spirit of God, did what the armies of Israel couldn't do. He beat Goliath, the giant. And that's the kind of thing we want to say, he's on my family tree. Look how strong a limb that is. But that's not where it stops. It says, and to David was born Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. In that little verse, it doesn't even give her a name. It just says the wife of Uriah. In that little space right there is a story, a story of David, and that's what it points to, that David's walking on the palace roof, and he looks down, and he sees a woman taking a bath and says, I'll have her bring her on up. And after the affair, she turns to him and says, well, you may know my husband, Uriah. He's one of your soldiers. Well, now she's caught. She's caught him, and he's, he's, he's caught red-handed because he's in the palace while one of his men is out in the field eating that old MREs, just awful military food out there in the field. It's cold, and he's eating palace food, the best of the table. He's warm, and not only that, he takes the wife of Uriah, and so David does the unthinkable. He says to his generals, put Uriah on the front lines, and when the thick of the battle comes, pull back. And you know what happened. He got killed. He got killed in battle right there because of what David told his generals to do. 
And then he goes one step further. And the step further he goes is maybe the most despicable thing that can be done. He goes and he says, I care for my veterans. I'll make a magnanimous gesture. Bring his wife on up to the palace. Bring her, bring her on up to the palace. I'll look after his wife, poor Uriah. Cold is what that is. Cold. So on this, this family tree, we've got some limbs that are strong. And then we've got some limbs that are broken. And right here, we've got some limbs that are strong and broken at the same time. But it doesn't end right there. And I'm, I promise you, I'm not going to read through all 42 names again and tell you a story about each one. We'd all miss Christmas if that were the case. But I will bring up verse 10. Verse 10 says, To Hezekiah was born Manasseh. You'd be hard-pressed to find a worse king anywhere than Manasseh. You put any idol in front of him, he'd worship. And he didn't just worry. He encouraged other people to do the same thing, too. If it wiggled, he'd do the witch dance. He'd walk through fire. He'd do just a horrible, horrible king. And if, if the father was bad, the son was even worse. His son was Amon. Amon was such a bad ruler that his own people killed him after two years. They'd had enough of him. And to Amon was born Josiah. Now, you think if the father's bad and the son's worse, that the grandson would just be so horrible that they have to write a whole book of the Bible about it. But that's not the case. Josiah. Josiah called the people back to a relationship with God. To restore the temple. That here in this family tree... With some limbs broken and some limbs strong and some limbs strong and broken, there's, there's a ray of hope right here in a child, Josiah. Eight years old when he was made king, and really he was more preacher than he was king. And this is the manger in which Jesus is laid. A manger that's a world full of dents and smudges. A manger where there's heartache and there's hardship. A manger where suffering is real. A manger that seemed to be the darkest of all times. That's the manger in which Jesus is born and laid for you and for me. He comes as Savior not as good guy, not as good teacher, but as Savior. And it tells us in the plot right here, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. That's not a throwaway line right there. That Jesus Christ came to save people. That people matter to God. He came not to save a nation, not to save a way of life, not to save a political party, not to save just the good guys. He came to save people who some of them are strong and some of them are broken and some of them are strong and broken at the same time. And from this point on, it begins to tell us who Jesus is 
The way Hebrew puts it, says that, that Jesus is the radiance of God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature. That we don't get just a little smidgen of who God is. No, we get the, the full thing. This is God made flesh, born for you and for me, laid in a manger of, of uh, a world that, of dents and smudges, of, of brokenness and of strength of darkness, and just a sliver of hope. This is the world. This is the world that Jesus is, comes to for you and for me, that he's the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature. And story after story after story after story is given right here of Jesus who, who heals the sick, who gives light to the blind. And to the broken, he gives life. A life that's abundant and has the quality of eternity in it. And it was given for you and for me. Well, anybody who gives his life like that, you'd think, well, people would just crowd around him and say, finally, hope is here. But that's not what happened. They crowded around him and they said, give us Barabbas, crucify him. And that's what was done. And from the cross, you'd think we'd hear, you think we'd hear God say, well, if you don't love me, I'm not going to love you. I mean, that's what any human would do, but that's not what Jesus did. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And on the third day, he rose. He rose from the dead so he could live his life through you and through me. And we could walk as a friend of God. We could walk as those who, who leaned on him, who rely on him. We could walk as the, the faithful the sons and daughters of, of Abraham. This morning, it may be that when I began to talk about some limbs were broken, that God gave you a little nudge and you knew he was talking to you. Well, maybe you started thinking, well, oh, who am I going to buy something for for Christmas? And you, you started to put that, that list of to-do right in front of you. So maybe, maybe you wouldn't have to listen to God this time, but nobody has to tell you and nobody has to point out for you that I, when I began to talk about some limbs were broken, you knew that God was talking to you. Or maybe that when I began to talk about some limbs strong and broken at the same time, that 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 that's more what your life has been like. It's kind of a back and forth and a back and forth. And you haven't known the power, the power of the risen Christ living in your life. Well, I want to pray with you right now. Let's pray. Jesus, we need this day because you know that our greatest need, that it's you. Breathe on us gathered here the power of your Holy Spirit that you might live your life through us this day. Heal the brokenness. 
You have a hand that healed a long time ago, and that hand heals today. That mm, suffering's real. It's not just a point of view. Suffering is real. It's not just a, the way we look at life. Suffering is real. And to that suffering, you bring healing. You bring eternity. You bring wholeness that we can't get anywhere else. Lord, I know that there are other folks here that they, they go back and forth but between a, a strength and a brokenness that fear is what rules their lives. 365 times, either you or an angel of the Lord said, fear not, be not afraid, or peace be with you. Peace, not the way that the world gives, but the way that you give. Lord, breathe your peace on us gathered here, that we might leave this place as a different people than we walked in, a people that have strength and power over a fearful heart, because you live in that heart. Thank you for this day, and may be a time that you make a difference in our lives. And we might walk from this place, a friend of God. Amen.